0: This week's guest, John Springer, is an investment advisory representative with Securities and Investment Advisory Services offered through Transamerica Financial Advisors, Incorporated, TFA. Member FINRA SIPC. Non-security products and services are not offered through TFA. Welcome into the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray, a locally produced program devoted to bringing you a fresh perspective on housing, diving into the issues that matter most. The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.
1: Now, Kevin Ray. Welcome into the Housing Hour. This is Kevin Ray. I am your host, and I am excited to be here. I know that you all are as well. I'm here with my executive producer and co-host, Mark Griffith. Thank you all for joining us. Uh, And we're so thankful for our new station here, Um, both stations, actually, uh, Joy 620 and Talk 760, the new talk radio. And um, we're very excited to have you. So thank you all for joining us. Um, We have uh, a lot to talk about. Before we jump in with our guests, we have John Springer here, and he is a, a really great former guest of ours and actually had a show on these stations for some time. And he is going to talk to us about a lot of different things as it relates to our finances. And he really will bring it to us in a way that we can understand it. I can recall very clearly the show that we did with him and leaving there uh, much richer in information and knowledge. Before we do that, we are celebrating this week, obviously, Dr. Martin Luther King Day, which was just on Monday. And so before we started on our regular scheduled programming, I did want to just mention a couple of things because, you know, I've thought a lot about this and how it is that I treat other people, how it is that we treat the public at large, people that are different than I am. And and I look back over the history, and I see three events that really changed and defined what it is that we live with today. And, and the number one moment was in 1955 when Rosa Parks stood her ground and, and did not go to the back of the bus, and, and she felt it was her human right to stay where she was seated, and she did. And she changed the course of history by that one action. The second was in 1960. You had four Uh, african-american students that decided that they wanted to sit at the Woolworths lunch counter like the other people and they sat and ordered cherry pie they were refused but they remained seated and they led what was a huge protest and it was a youth-led protest against those type of uh, discrepancies in our justice Uh, not only for us as as people as human beings but they stood their ground and changed the course of history and then of course the other uh that i think of is on uh, august 28th 1963 and you had martin luther king giving his speech his i have a dream speech and it was a culmination of a lot of things we're talking about eight years from when rosa parks had her incident in 1955 and dr martin luther king said so eloquently that we were bankrupting not only our Declaration of Independence, but our Constitution. And he was there with 250,000 others asking for payment for what they just so much deserved, and that was uh, freedom. And so as you sit there and you're driving home from work or maybe you're listening um, on our podcast or maybe you're just tuning in for the first time and maybe you consider yourself a Christ follower, but you still treat people with disrespect and disdain. I'm just I'm just asking for you to rethink what your status is. Because the, the real meaning of being a Christ follower is not to treat people with those type of, of feelings. The, the meaning of a Christ follower is to treat everybody with respect and to treat others the way you would like to be treated. So for as for me in my house, I treat my I, I treat my family equally, but I also teach my kids how to treat other people um, based on the content of their character, not the color of their skin. So I would ask for you to do the same, and I'm thankful for people like Rosa Parks, Dr. Martin Luther King, and the Greensboro Four for what they did, standing up for what they felt was right, and changing the course of history. So I just needed to get that out. It was been on my heart. I had podcasted, and I also had blogged it earlier in the week, And I felt like I needed to. So, today on the show, we have uh, a very trusted advisor. We have uh, John Springer with us. And, uh, Mark, you actually have a lot of history with John, and you're the one who introduced me to him, I guess, last year. Yeah, John,
0: I used to listen to to John's uh, radio show right here on 760 and uh, 620, was it, John?
2: WMN and Joy62 for 15 years
0: overall. And uh, so I finally called him up and I said, hey, I need some help, and uh, he helped me out. He has a great Christ-centered perspective on finances
1: and stewardship, so uh, he's a good guy. Well, one of the things, John, that I looked on your website, and— I love the advising nature of what you do because in your, uh, on your website you say, you know what, this is, this is an honor for me to be able to help people with their finances. So before we get into the macroeconomics and all of that, um, tell me why you do what you do.
2: I appreciate that, Kevin. You know, it came home to me when I, years ago when I first started on this station, I was a life insurance agent, but I wasn't investment-oriented. A client passed away and i suggested that the client go talk to this particular financial advisor and then she lost a lot of money and i thought i really need to take care of her. that the next time that happens i need to be prepared so um i got licensed for securities and and that really changed in december of 1990 when, when i affiliated with what is now transamerica i'm a registered rep with them and by the way Anything we talk about today is supposed to be an overview, oh, yeah. and we're not okay. giving any specific advice to buy or sell. I'm I'm very opinionated, right? Uh, and I'm going to be talking about the opinions of some other economists that I had a good fortune to hear last week. But the mm-hmm. main thing is this: Sam Houston said, "If you want to, a, a good man is someone who helps someone else have a better life, and that's what I want to do. But it seems like lately I've worked with a lot of widows." who've lost their husband and sometimes very unexpectedly sometimes they were expecting Mm -hmm. and uh in some families like mine my wife pays all the bills writes all the checks and i've seen that in a lot of those situations and i've seen it the other way where the wife knew nothing right so i guess i'd have to say if you were talking with me i'd like your wife to be there too sure (laughs) absolutely (laughs) <laughs> that's a very
1: good point because there there is a fa- family dynamic, and part of what I hear your job is is to understand the underlying what's going on. You know, in your case, like you mentioned with the widows, I mean, that is a very critical situation in somebody's life, and they need somebody to come in there and not w- ride in on a white horse, but be there um, as a friend, as a as a advisor, and that's kind of what you do. You fill that void, don't you?
2: That's it. It's you know the thing is. There's a lot of fear out there right now, though. You know, the volatility of markets reflect that, too. But I think my biggest job is to show people that there are are a lot of different ways to make money. I'd make this statement and and feel pretty confident about it. There is always some company, some business that's making money. Mm -hmm. In the worst of times, somebody's making money. Mm -hmm. And you know what? If they're a public company, all of their data is available to all of us we know what their debt is what their revenue is what their revenue growth is and i think that might be the most important and earnings and what earnings growth is and we can kind of look at the future, and in some cases, we can go to the mall and see their products. <laughs> now, that's a, that,
1: you just described something that I understand and a lot of our listeners do, but for some, that's such a daunting task, like you mentioned in your, on your website. Yeah. It's a, it's a really, it's a maze. And
2: it's when to do it, too. Sometimes right. a great company is a great company, but there may be a good time
1: to buy it, and there may be a good time not to buy it. You might right. want to wait a little bit. Right. Well, um, I, you know, you have to take counsel from the right people. <laughs> I'm just going to say that because I've 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 listened to friends in the past and I don't I'm not saying you, Mark, <laughs> but I would you know, never lead you astray. <laughs> but 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 you have to take wise counsel. And uh, there's a lot of knowledge that that you possess. And so why don't you talk to me about, you know, what you learned last week and give me a little overview and then, but don't tell us at all, don't tell us all of what you have to say because we got other segments, but at least give us a little bit of an idea. Okay. We had four
2: investment managers in front of us at one time who were kind of competing with each other. They're all on the same platform. I can send money to this entity and and we can divide amongst those four and quite a few others. And every single one of them said, right now, we are overweight stocks, and we're going to be overweight stocks the whole year. And we think we'll make more money in stocks than anywhere else. Now, remember, they picked the stocks with a lot of data and information. But they also said this is going to be a very volatile year. Mm. Now, for those techies out there, you can go on to Google, finance, Google Stocks or Finance.Yahoo mm-hmm. and type in the symbol, V as in Victor, I as in India, X as in X-ray. And you will see what they call the volatility index for the S&P 500, how much it moves up and down. Uh-huh. And this particular speaker, who's very good, said that any time the VIX is over 20 the market is going to be in chaos, which is now, uh-huh. <laughs> and I think it's down seventy three cents today, leading to more stability, but it's still over twenty right mark you're looking at it that's while correct
0: i 'm looking at real time, and that 's correct
2: <laughs> <laughs> I tell you when i when I heard that, I thought you know there's some things you know intuitively, but there's some things these these techies and economists they know numerically, they see the data, and I just know just from the client 's reactions that things are volatile, you know. Uh, In December, I knew a lot of people would be selling for tax reasons. You sell some stocks that you made money on and sell some you made a loss on. Uh So one client called me up and said, I got this huge check from these two mutual fund companies. And I said, yeah, I was going to. Matter of fact, you're on my list to call. I noticed that both of those were paying capital gains. And remember, they paid quarterly dividends, these these companies, that was – Four or five times more than a one-year CD in most institutions, uh-huh. and their capital gains were five to seven percent of their portfolio. Wow! And if you had several hundred thousand dollars, that's a significant amount of money. Uh-huh. They didn't sell a thing, and uh-huh. and they understand it has happened before.
0: But John, yeah. let me ask you: you know, you look at the volatility index, you you mentioned that, but you know we look at jobs are improving, the is improving, improving the U.S. Why the volatility? Uncertainty.
2: So. Gosh, this leads into so many things. The Federal Reserve knows that they cannot raise interest rates and increase taxes at the same time in a dramatic way like they did in 1939. It crushed the economy. The Great Depression started in 29, and then it started recovering, and then all of a sudden, hey, things are good now. Let's let's just get all the money from the rich people. In other words, let's take money out of the economy. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Aren't we supposed to put money in the economy? So nowadays people say, well, the government can put it in, but nobody else can. Let's take it out. Money capital flows to its most efficient use in a free market. When the, when the government spends money, I don't know where it goes or why it goes there, right. but it's not an efficient way, is it? Mm-hmm. So the problem we have right now, Mark, is the Fed is in a situation. They know they should have done the quantitative easing in 2008, 9, 10. That was necessary. Ben Bernanke was right. GE couldn't even refinance their own debt. Right. I mean, if they can't refinance, nobody can. So that was good, but then they kept doing it and kept doing it. Well, now we stopped doing it and we're putting out the word we're gonna raise interest rates. What's happening in Japan and Germany? They're doing what we did back in 08 to 2010. They're Mm -hmm. doing quantitative easing. They're lowering interest rates. Mm -hmm. Right now, a 10-year treasury in Japan two weeks ago was two-tenths of a percent. The same 10-year treasury in Germany was 0.5% and ours was 2.14 at the end of the year and 1.94 last week.
1: Well, shouldn't
0: shouldn't Mm -hmm. money be flowing from the foreign markets into ours with that?
2: They are, the Treasury. That's why I was about to ask you that. Where would you invest money if if you didn't even know the names of the countries, but somebody told you they're all stable economies, Mm -hmm. and one was paying two-tenths, five-tenths, and 2%, we'll
1: call it, 2% 2% divided by two-tenths?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, that's a lot. We well, can chant it. You. <laughs> so let me ask you this, then. If people do, uh, and we see money coming in, if that's what the, the hope is, I guess, is that what the hope is? But more than that, um, there's some people that are saying because of, you know, energy I wouldn't say it's an energy crisis, but for the oil companies out there, they might consider it as a crisis. And there was also somebody who said that, you know, between 30 and 40 percent, which we can't find this to be true in the research we did, but we found that there could have been about 30 percent of the job growth that we've seen over the last three years in the energy sector. If, If prices don't stabilize and recover soon in gas, we might see, you know, some jobs being laid off. Remember what I just said, because when we come back from these messages, you're gonna you're gonna tackle that. Yeah, and I hadn't even finished the other one yet, but yeah, we'll get I to know. that too. We, we want to. We got so much to get to. He's given me a stack of papers here with all these innovative ideas from all these economists, and we have a great guest with us today, John Springer. We want to thank you for coming in. Join us back here at the Housing Hour right after these messages.
0: housing hour with kevin ray continues helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it again kevin ray
1: welcome back in to the housing hour i am kevin ray and i'm here with our executive producer and co-host mark griffith also we have john springer in studio um, no relation to Jerry. Just uh, I know you were thinking. And well, he puts that. a K in there, so it's yeah. John K. There you go.
2: I like to tell people I'm younger. I. <laughs> <laughs> Taller, I used to be thinner, I'm not sure, and I can dance. I <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: love it. I love it. Well, but I, I do
2: have his hair, and that's what makes it even worse. People, yeah. without knowing my name 50 feet away, they'll think I am him.
1: I <laughs> <laughs> oh, love it. Well, we were just, I was opening up a, a, a new chapter before you finished the previous one. Um, what is all of that? How does that all tie together that we've talked about? In in the world of econ- economics,
2: they call it macro policy. So in the big picture, if government or worlds or economies around the world, and we are a one-world e- economy now, yeah. uh, you can't say, let's punish that country and we'll be fine. We've all got to do well here. But they're all connected. And any time you have a macro policy, it has a micro effect, in other words, in your household. And we'll talk about that in a moment about the effect of gas prices. But we were talking about the Fed is in a dilemma right now. The rest of the world is lowering rates because their economies are stagnated and going down. Germany's worried about the inflation they had back in the 30s. I mean, it was huge. They will never do that again. They won't let it get out of hand. But so if they ease and and give quantitative easing and put money into the system, when inflation gets over 2 or 3%, then they're going to back up and raise rates. Well, here we are wanting to raise rates supposedly by the middle of this year, but can we? if what's japan and germany going to say well right now the dollar is stronger a u.s a a missionary keeping this station in mind a missionary living in germany right now his dollar goes a lot farther than it used to because he can buy more with it on the other hand if you're a company who has a business in another country and you make money in their in euros for example Uh when you convert it back to the dollar you lose right On the other hand, if you're that same company and you buy something in that country using US dollars, you benefit. Mm -hmm. There's a balance in life, there's a winner and loser in everything you do. You guys are affiliated or close to you're close to interest rates and you know what low interest rates do. Who does
0: that hurt? Well but but one of the things is you know, if the feds raise interest rates, that's usually a a tool to fight inflation. Yes. Right? So if we have inflation right now is going down, how do you raise rates? Yeah.
2: The Fed is looking at wage increases. I'm going to say it that way. Okay, not wage indexes and all this stuff, but they're looking at the increase in wages, and it's not happening. Why? You're lucky if you have a job, and you're not – even unions. I mean, there's a few of them on strike. Doc workers out in the West Coast were striking recently, but you'd have a lot of gall to go on strike right now asking for more money when people want a full-time job. Right. 92 million people in America are underemployed or unemployed, you lose your job at age 52, you go get a job selling men's clothes at the mall, and you're lucky. You might have a full-time job there, but you're making one-third of what you used to. So this all has an impact. We do things to help the economy, and then, and then on the other hand, like low interest rates. Uh-huh. A guy has a half million dollars. He's making 5% on his CD a few years ago. Uh-huh. That's $25,000 a year. A one-year CD, of course, at that amount, you'd get a try to get 1% maybe, but a one-year CD around town is around a half point.
1: That's nothing. A
2: 10 year treasury is, t- is 2%, or a little bit less than that today, actually. Right. So now you're talking $10,000. On, mm-hmm. a t- on a 10-year treasury, I mean, that's safe and all. That hurt retirees. That hurt sure. the older generation. You're losing
1: $15,000 of income right there.
2: Yeah. The Fed is suggesting to them maybe you ought to invest in stocks and equities. Gosh, you can make 2% in dividends.
1: Right. <laughs> and, and
2: have increased
1: prices over time if you wait. So, So they've put us or put people in that position, right? and they did it for a strategic reason are you suggesting or not a strategic reason
2: generally speaking you you help the economy when you keep rates low because it does free up money right let's talk about something we all relate to i was in a, a small group meeting the other day and uh then we had a speaker this week down in houston and she said when gas prices go down uh, the price of oil at the end of 2013 was 110 dollars a barrel at the end of 14 it was 55 dollars a barrel today it's a little over 48 dollars a barrel what are you paying for gas
1: every no, no. every man
2: can tell you that
1: yeah. Right? With my Kroger Plus card about a dollar twenty five. <laughs> it seems like it. Matt Sam's at buck seventy. Well you yeah. we use your Kroger Plus card, but that's another <laughs> story. Go at ahead. Costco you know, you only
2: have a low, you have regular and, and premium. You don't even have a middle one, and the premium's like two dollars or two or,
0: or eleven, something right. like that. And people are rejoicing at the pump
2: spot. We're rejoicing, and we're talking about it, and we're talking about it in a small group, and one of the first three things we talk about at the last several gatherings where there's men there is what'd you pay for the for you know for gas per gallon the last time you were there? So this economist makes this statement, and I had not thought about it. She said, did you go buy a car because of the savings? I said, well, no. She says, and I'm saying this to myself, did you buy a washing machine or dryer? Well, as a matter of fact, we did, but ours broke. <laughs> right, right. It, it wasn't, wasn't because, because of you the gas. Right. <laughs> okay, so how yeah. much do I save? If I've got a 20-gallon tank, mm-hmm. some people have 15-gallon tanks, and you save a dollar. that's 20 bucks a week. If I fill up once a week, and most people— Probably one and a half weeks. Yeah, sure. Well if you get if it's two dollars a gallon, now you're saving forty dollars. Would you go out and spend forty dollars
1: that you're gonna save over the next year? And if not, why not? Oh, I tell you what, I would not because my mindset has changed since two thousand and eight. And I don't know if it was a scripted thing that we wanted to do kind of what Japan did, which is to make everybody save money. I don't know. I mean, I, I want to save money now, and that's kind. of— Do you of, think gas prices are going to stay where they are for the next five years? No, not at all. How about all. the next no. two years? No. How about
2: one year? I'd, Maybe. I'd say prices may, Maybe. may stay this. So low that's for why year. that's why you don't go buy a big ticket item, even a washer dryer with something like that, because yeah. you can't count on it.
0: So, mm-hmm. so you know, it, it's it, money
2: in your pocket. It's spending money
0: and spending right. money that we're transferring from the pumps to restaurants and to yeah, going out exactly. movies and things that we haven't been doing in the great it, it
2: helps that segment of the economy, the things where you spend money now, right. but overall it's not going to stimulate the economy big time. But now, has the
1: consumer really come back to the table fully yet? No. Okay.
2: There's segments. It, right. Um, one economist said, okay, she said, now keep in mind what's happening all around you. You, all, you see all the cuts. Um, Chipotle decided, uh, had some guacamole as an issue, and they needed to raise. I love guacamole. They need to raise the prices. They're looking at you. Your generation, you're the average. When I go in there, Kevin, I'm the oldest guy there. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, now I own their stock. That's why I'm in there, okay? So he said, we can raise the prices of guacamole, or we can reduce the portions. What do you think Chipotle did?
1: Reduce the portions. Nothing. No.
2: Why? Because Kevin Ray has a stable job, mm-hmm. and all the other Kevin Rays in there have a stable job, and he, their market customers yeah. have stable jobs, and they can raise the prices. And did you, you, know, did you stop going when they raised the prices? No. Did you notice it? No. Panera Bread,
1: <laughs> do you, I think you may have told me this. I can't remember. Panera Bread did something similar to this. Yeah. They decided not to change the quality of their food. They actually brought higher quality food because yeah. of, I think, what you're saying.
2: Yeah. It just depends. You know, sometimes you do have, like coffee, sometimes you have to pass it on mm-hmm. along. In that case, though, because they had a higher-end, stable market, mm-hmm. th- what we used to call yuppies. I'm not sure what they call you now, but it's mm-hmm. not, I mean, from an economic standpoint, not just mill- millennialist and all that. So,
1: so wrap the bow to this segment with what's the big idea here? Here's the big idea. There's always
2: somebody making money. Mm-hmm. And if you're not looking for a company that's, a, that's temporarily down, they're temporarily down. And mutual fund managers are looking for that. You can buy, you can invest at certain times. Like in your 401k, every month you buy, if it goes down, you get more shares. If it goes mm-hmm. down, you get more shares. And it's going to go back up. And when it does, that's where you made your most money.
1: Right. Well, that is the big idea. And there are a lot of people listening to us right this moment that feel so confused. And it's a maze. It is a, it is a daunting task to tackle personal finances. And I'm one that's here telling you that I understand that. And I tell you, Mark understands that. And John certainly understands that. Um, the best way to work. We still have two more segments, but just to give people the idea of where they can go, JohnSpringer.com is that your website? John K. Springer. John K. Springer. Dot com. We'll have that on our website as I well. I told you he put that K in there. And, yeah. I,
2: and I'm on Facebook, too. If you go to John K. Springer on Facebook, there's yeah. a personal
1: one, and then there's a business one. Okay. He's on the Facebook. He's on the Twitter, probably. And no, not on the Twitter. No Twitter. <laughs> you just can't. Well, I'll read this book that you brought me. By the way, I, hope, I looked yes.
2: into Twitter, and they said, if you can respond within one hour, then you can be on Twitter. And I said, I can't
1: do that. That's like right. right now, I can't do and that. And Mark can help you get on Pinterest, too. I'll be happy to help. My we'll be right back. My daughter and wife are on Pinterest. Come back and join <laughs> (laughs) Join us after these messages.
0: (laughs) The Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: Are you living every day like it's the last you've got? I love that. That's very nice lyrics. Thank you guys for joining us again. This is Kevin Ray. I'm here as your host, and I'm here with Mark Griffith, our executive producer and co-host. And quickly before we move on, um, this segment is brought to you by Admiral Title. But also, uh, we have, uh, that is going to be released, like, very soon. Uh, matter of fact, you might even go to thehousinghour.com right now and possibly see our new site. Because we are, are close to uh, releasing the grand opening of the mothership. It's got new engines. It's got some new uh, uh, mirrors. And guess what? I also put in. What? A rear view camera. So that we can back up and do whatever we have to do. This is an incredible new website. <laughs> it's going to be something that is more functional. Better looking. Faster, quicker, stronger. I think you'll love it. So uh, and that's, check it out. That's
2: the housinghour.com? Yes, sir. That's okay.
1: correct. And we're plugged in with the Facebook.com slash The Housing Hour. Forgot to mention that. Also on Twitter, at The Housing Hour. Um, You can follow um, me as well. Um, It's at KevinRay.com on on Twitter as well. So uh, we have John Springer in studio, and John has been enlightening us on macroeconomics, and we've been talking about just a wide spectrum of topics, but I think the, the bottom line is, is that I have taken away from the first two segments is that John knows what he's talking about. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and you have developed this uh, relationship with John, and it's a very clear reason why. <clears throat> he, he has a very firm grip on what's going on out there, And that's the type of people that we want. We're having Dr. Simpson on next week. He has a very good grip on on energy. We have Scott Higgins. He's our resident expert. He has a very good grip on all things that relate to um, your home and protecting it from leakage and so forth. And so, John, why don't we we talk a little bit about that uh, interest rate? kind of idea for our business interest rates are vitally important when they go down obviously a lot of times when interest rates are low that means the economy is not doing so great you know right now we kind of got the best of both worlds because we feel the economy is pretty pretty well off um, but we also have low interest rates how how Speaking let to me to ask that. you this yeah. there,
2: car sales and housing sales have always been the pillars of the economy mm-hmm. How how is the housing market now is it growing it's hot Hot? It's very hot. Very hot. Now, in our world, we don't use that term. We say growing slowly. The, right. the market, the returns are growing slowly. Yeah. And I'd have to add to that, uh, last year the market was down in January. Mm-hmm. This year I expected it to be up with January. So far it's not. Mm-hmm. The market was down in December. Last year it was up in December. Right. November was really good. So, timing seems to have a lot to do with with yeah. everything, well, you, you know, one of the It's about when
0: we see interest rates coming down, of yeah. course, because of the whatever the influences are pushing it. I think foreign investment into our our bonds are pushing it down. But what we have is not a large amount of refinance business. We still are driven right now at about eighty to eighty five percent is purchase, and we're hot which yeah. means that the agents are seeing uh, customers and they're showing properties. What's lacking out there is a, a large amount of quality homes for sale. So the inventory agents, is down. The inventory is down. The agents need homes. So if now's the time, if you want to sell, upgrade, do whatever you need to do, call an agent, get it on the market.
2: Company called First Trust, uh, I mean e- economic advisors, okay, for a couple of years now they've been saying whatever the government does, whether they encourage you to buy houses today or not, it has no effect on the long term. Sooner or later, people have to buy houses. they got to buy them. The new people, there's 100, 150,000 people entering the workforce every month, Right, 150,000 people. So if you create 200,000 jobs, you're backing up probably, especially right. if there's 300,000 losses, right? I've had a couple of things happen in the last couple of weeks. I want to just throw these out, and you can tell me if you've had this kind of conversation. In the Philippines, they were going to raise some money by floating a bond. Now, the Philippines doesn't have any oil. They buy their oil from somewhere else. They're buying at a lower price, right? So their economy is benefiting from that. So they're going to borrow some money. <coughs> so they decided that they would have a goal of $1.5 billion. This was two weeks ago. They raised $6 billion. Hmm. Now, a country like that has to pay more than Germany or Japan or the United
0: States. And that's why they're getting that much money.
2: So what that tells you is interest rates are king. Right. Uh-huh. People want high interest on their money. Well, you can, get, you can actually— Safely. You can actually get 5 to 6% safely through someone like me. All over town, there's guys that show you how to do that. But the Philippines is not safe in this regard. What happens if one day you decide to sell your bond and everybody else decides to sell their bond at the same time? It becomes illiquid. And if there is no liquid, all the bond guys, when they go into their offices at the end of the day, they ask, how liquid are we? If we decide to get out, there was even a a couple of movies about Wall Street greed, and these guys wanted to sell their bonds, Mm -hmm. and they had to lie to people buying them, knowing that bond was going to be worthless in a week, right? Right. That liquidity is the issue when you start looking at emerging market governments like that selling bonds. Now, back here, that low interest has has an effect right now, and you can make a long-term purchase and lock it in with that. And... The, well, that's one of the reasons rates aren't going to go up for a while, even if everybody says the Fed's going to raise rates. The market wants to be ahead of the Fed, and they're going to be. Last June, the Fed lost hundreds, hundreds of millions of dollars because rates went up for a month. But they don't have to mark the market. They don't have to value it, what it's really worth that month. Everybody else does. And when that valuation changes because interest rates go up, boy, everybody's going to start dumping those bonds in a hurry. All right. It's gonna, it changes everything. So you need to be somewhere – where you've got some stability real estate is has always been one of the places you have cycles mm-hmm. but that that bottom of that cycle was back in '09, best i recall yeah oh, yeah that's, well that's
1: ho- right. new home or existing home sales um had an incredible run in 2014 and then we had that november number which kind of was threw everybody off it, it was yeah. lower it was a six month low um, but that was, you know, the winter months beginning the, you know, nobody really seems to buy a home around Thanksgiving. I mean, we certainly yeah. do quite a bit of loans. I think you're going to continue to see that trend go up. But then new car sales, you mentioned that as being a marker, right? So they were up pretty pretty good since 2013. You have, you know, light-duty trucks up 10%. You had SUVs up about 10%. Total increase was between 5 and 10% yeah. from 2013. So that trend is up as well. So we see people with that um, buying power, utilizing it. And, you know, I mean, what do you think? I mean, what do you think about the new car sales and translating that into the future economies of what, what we may see?
2: Well, right now you can buy a car with no interest, right? Yeah, sure, absolutely. <laughs> now, of course, you know the price is padded or they don't discount it quite as much. Right. But nevertheless, you know what your payment is now and you know what it's going to be for the next three years, five years. Mm-hmm. My one, My one piece of advice would be, I know some people. Times you don't have the money to pay cash, but do it in three years instead of five. Mm-hmm. Don't go. You know, five. You're you're looking at a loan balance that's going to be uh, higher than what your car is worth. Yeah. If you do it three mm-hmm. years, you're probably ahead most of the time. Even we don't yeah, we cars, tackle
1: you know. we tackle so many things just like what you're speaking of because you know, living and breathing costs money. It just does. You have to have a home. You have to have a car. You have to have some sort of responsible um, plan for your assets. And
2: you've got kids, don't you? I have two kids. You didn't have to have them. But once you did, what's it going to cost you to raise them? They're up 10 percent from last year. (laughs) I'm going to say that right now.
1: So it all equals out. Well, you know,
2: I read this thing a while back. It said it cost $150,000 to raise a child age 18. And then I thought, well,
0: they don't have a girl. Uh, you know, I'm sorry.
2: I've got a middle daughter that's getting married here in the next little bit, and um, yeah, you know, when you throw in college and weddings, <laughs> right, it, it, it's a little multiple on some of those years you had back in the back in the past. It costs a lot more if you carry them to 22 or 25 or 26 on just on those big ticket items like mm-hmm. that. I've read studies in the past that said that 80 percent of the savings you have will be accumulated after your last child leaves home. <laughs> I had somebody
1: text me yesterday. And said, "Kevin, I know you're not originating loans anymore, but um, I'm in the middle of buying a house and use one of our, using one of our loan officers, and their car broke down. Their car just." went kaput and they're in the middle of this transaction and they asked me if it was okay for them to buy a new car and you know what i had to give them the, the tough advice which is you know if you do that it's going to decrease your credit score by between 30 and 60 points potentially if you take out a new loan so there's all kinds of factors out there because on one hand i think john and all of us believe you know it's a good time to purchase either a car if you need it or a new home if you need to upgrade it. We have kids. If you have another kid, you're running out of space, you know what? This is a time where you can lock in money for 15, 20, 30 years and know what your payment's going to be. It's no interest on car loans. You can lock that in. And then guess how you're going to pay for it? You're going to talk to John, and he's going to invest what you do have, and then he's going to get you, what do you guarantee, It's 7 to 8% return? <laughs> 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 no, he said that joking. I, I, Everybody understand, joking. right? I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> Let me ask
2: you a question about, there's some changing happening in America. And I have, I have had stereotypes, I'll admit. So I was buying a, a washer and dryer and a broken dishwasher. We just mm-hmm. did it all at once. The refrigerator actually broke, too, but we decided to fix the old one. And this kid said he makes $50,000. His wife... They have a baby. I'm sorry, he's not married. They have a baby. His, uh-huh. his girlfriend lives with her parents in a 6,000 square foot home, uh-huh. and she makes 25 or 30,000. Uh-huh. I said, With that kind of income, why don't y'all get married? He said, We can't. Uh-huh. She's getting government checks and yeah, she gets right. she gets food stamps. She said, well, President Obama's going to take care of that. It's just changing us. <laughs> it's changing us. <laughs> yeah. See, that's a character issue. I really admired him at that point. Until yeah. that point, He's a great salesman. He was truthful. At least it seemed like it. He was more knowledgeable than anybody else I talked to. Mm -hmm. We're changing as America. And forget, this isn't just a race or a segment. Mm -hmm. This is anybody
1: that thinks about doing what's good for them, right? That's right. Well, let's have that moral conversation when we get back after these messages right here on The Housing Hour.
0: Housing Hour with Kevin Ray continues, helping you understand what is really going on out there and what to do about it. Again, Kevin Ray.
1: Welcome back into the Housing Hour. This segment is brought to you by Prudent Energy Systems. And we also want to thank Mortgage Investors Group for being our title sponsor. If it wasn't for them, uh, this would not be possible. Making American dreams come true for 25 years Chuck and Chrissy Ray, thank you. Um, And now we have a few minutes left here with John Springer. We're going to have his information on our website, thehousinghour.com. Also on our Facebook page, our Twitter account, our Pinterest account, our LinkedIn account. It's going to be all over the place. And we want you to try to um, interface with John. I think it would be a great idea to go to johnkspringer.com, learn more about him and his team. Uh, I think he has a Christ-centered message, and I I really believe in what he's doing. Um, You know, we have only a few minutes left here. And, you know, one of the things that I try to reconcile in my mind because I don't like to get into politics. I think it's 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 venomous and I think it's best to stay away from it. Um, And so if you're if you're out there and you're, you're talking with your friends and family, you're talking about what's going on in the economy. Guess what, guys? It's okay to say things are getting better. It's okay if you don't believe in the administration and what they've done and may not have done, and the executive orders and the foreign policy and all of that. Guess what? It's okay to say things are getting better, because things are getting better. Certainly, we have a huge hill to climb, and I understand that. But you know what? It is okay to admit that. Yeah, things have gotten a little better. You know, we've had a pretty good run on job growth over the last ten months, and if you listen to the administration, it's been the best run since the 90s. Um, but the bottom line is we have a long way to go. And and John is here giving us advice, and he's given us guidance. Can you just help us to wrap a bow on this whole show and give us maybe what your bottom line is here?
2: I guess a couple of things to point out things. Um, one of the speakers we had pointed out that, that when the dollar goes up, and it's going up because of that divergence, you know, where mm-hmm. Japan and Germany are easing – putting more money in the right. economy. We're talking about raising our rates. There's a conflict there. Mm-hmm. So they were saying, when you're in a situation like that and the dollar's up, um, people need to keep their heads. If they mm-hmm. can be calm, they can take advantage. Risk can be your friend right now.
1: Mm-hmm. Why
2: is Warren Buffett so wealthy? Mm-hmm. Why did he invest in Goldman Sachs when they couldn't get a dollar even from the government? Yeah. You know, because you keep your head, and when you see things that are down and everybody else is all chaotic, What's the point by Rudyard Kipling? If if you can keep your head when all about you're losing theirs, my son, then you are a man. Mm. Well, this goes beyond being a man. It's about being logical and reasonable and balanced. Don't get too hot on Mm. making 50%. Don't get too cold on just making a half percent. There's a there's a way to mix your money up and put some you can get to, some you can make a little more income off of than normal, and some even a little bit more than that. And sometimes you can get income with a little bit of appreciation for money you don't need for a few years. And keep in mind, anything I've talked about today, inadvertently, I'm not saying you should do this right. or do that. You need to talk to your advisor or someone and get a, get a handle on what's available. There are so many new tools now. Mm-hmm. It's incredible how many ways you can invest your money mm. for different people at different times in life we're not all the same there is nobody on radio or book or anywhere that should say everybody should do this or this or this it depends on where you are and what's happened in your life
1: mm, that's such a good point point. and you know i i feel like i'm a pretty good judge of character and i i feel like i feel like john really has a handle on things you know and and maybe that's because he's a great salesman i don't know but i really believe in my heart that you have the best interest in mind and that you'll put people in positions to actually not only just understand the topics but also be able to make wise choices because i think that's the all we ask for i mean as a father i want to be able to lay out to my kids the information and be able to, to, to kind of nudge them along where I know the right answer is. So yeah. I don't hear you saying, you have to do this, you have to do that, you have to do this. You're going to lay out some, some key components to what they do. I'm not a salesman. What I do is I have a
2: heart, Kevin. I have a heart for people. And I try to put myself in their place. Hmm. Matter of fact, they told me I would fail in this business because I was too empathetic. I would do what's right for the client. In the next breath, they said, if you could last five years, and we almost didn't, but if you could last five years, your clients will tell other people about you. Hmm. And that's what happened to be here. I was on this station for 15 years. And I have hundreds of clients from this station. Well, that's fantastic. And it's because of the common values that we have.
1: Well, the phones are ringing off the hook here at the station, so I'm sure people are trying to get a hold of John again. And you can go to johnkspringer.com, thehousinghour.com as well to find out more information about our guest. And we'll see you next time right here on The Housing Hour. Thank you, John. Thank you.
0: That's the Housing Hour with Kevin Ray for today. Join Kevin and his guests each week at this time to keep up with the why and why not you need to know. So come here to find out. This show is presented by Mortgage Investors Group.